Thanks so much for joining us here on the Rivers Church Podcast. We see a church full of passionate people who reach the unchurched with the gospel of Jesus. Our heart is to equip people to love, live, and lead in God's kingdom. We hope you enjoyed today's message and pray that it encourages you to be all that God has destined you to be. If you need anything, please feel free to reach out to us and check us out on our website at riverschurch.co. That's riverschurch.co. Here's what we've learned in this Abide or Die series so far. We've learned uh, that we can't manufacture fruit. That was from Shea and among other things. We can't manufacture spiritual fruit. It ends up looking like wax and tasting like it. We want to be on the alert for ugly fruit or fruit of the flesh. We want to watch for it when it comes out of our own lives. And we want to be eagerly expectant of spiritual fruit in our own lives um, as we place all of our efforts on abiding in Christ. Not on performing, but on abiding in Christ. We don't, we don't want to place our efforts on growing fruit. We just want to place our efforts on abiding in Christ, right? And what, here's the, the quick definition for abiding in Christ. We just mean that we're going to remain. Everybody say remain. We're going to remain in Christ. We're going to keep in step with the Spirit being led by the Spirit. Amen? Amen. Uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. I want to stop on patience for a second, because that is actually going to be our, uh, our, our theme for the day. We've looked at uh, goodness and peace and love. Today we want to talk about patience. Each, each uh, week this summer, we're, we're looking at a different uh, side or, or at, uh, attribute of the fruit of the Spirit. Patience. Patience is one of the top markers of success in leadership. Now, if you, does anybody listen to leadership podcasts or, or business podcasts? Anybody do that? Okay. So pick your podcast of choice and patience is going to be a topic for one of the days. Why? Because patience, not in the church world, but patience in the business world is something that everyone knows is a marker for success. And everybody knows they don't have it, right? And so, <laughs> so um, uh, 18th century riot, uh, writer, um, philosopher uh, Joseph de Maistre said, uh, to know how to wait is the great secret of success. And uh, 18th, another 18th century uh, composer, philosopher, and writer, Jean-Jacques Rousseau said, um, patience is bitter, but its fruit is sweet. Why is patience bitter? Um, well, because success takes time. And people quit. So they don't see the results. So, that, so, so the, there's the bitterness in the waiting. There's the bitterness in the not yet, right? There's a, bitter, there's a bitterness in the promised, but not present. And so maybe some of you are experiencing that right now. Now, what I'll say about this is that patience, I want to be honest with you here, because if you're listening and you've heard a podcast about patience and things, listen, like many of the things that we're going to talk about are the fruit of the Spirit, there are counterfeit versions of these things that are available through a lot of striving, effort, mindset, 
professional counselors, all those kinds of things. And we aren't uh, against all, uh, uh, you know, professional counselors and cognitive behavioral therapy. We're all for that. But all of those things only go so far. I can tell you from experience. And ultimately, you end up uh, coming up against your own lack. And, um, and so we, we all have these detrimental thought patterns. Uh, maybe, maybe you don't, but I sure have had those. And um, so that's why cognitive behavioral therapy can help because it's, it's not just saying do better, it's saying think better. If you think better, you might do better. But the problem is we're constantly in a battle uh, and, and it's hard to think better. And what's so cool about abiding in Jesus, that's really the, the heart of this message and every message this summer. What's so cool about abiding is it's like a, it's a mind hack. Anybody like uh, those, those hack uh, videos? Anybody get sucked into the hack uh, videos on, uh, on wherever, um, Insta? Or um, I can't even think of the other ones because I, I, YouTube or what's the one, Rosemary, what's the one that you do? TikTok. TikTok. Those TikTok hacks. I didn't mean to throw you out there, but it's real. It's real. We watch those things every night together. All right. So what's so cool about abiding in the Lord is that um, it's reprogramming that's going on that's running in the background. It's not just you striving and you producing a lot of effort. It's just all of your striving goes into abiding, and then he does the work. That is what's really happening. Um, So when we abide, here's what Scripture says about it this way. When we take time, and it's time. Everybody say time. I'm not saying that it doesn't take time. I'm just saying you, you, you reprioritize your time in a way that's more efficient, right? Work smarter, not harder. Anybody? You wish your manager would do that? Your management would do that? Anybody? You know, well, I'd love it if you'd work smarter because I'm the one doing the work, right? Uh, and so uh, that's what Jesus is saying here. It's saying, um, here's what Scripture says. Scripture says that when we abide in him, when we take the time to do that, that he crucifies and we crucify our damaging thought patterns. It's not just that we're, we're working against him. It's we're, we're literally crucifying him. In Galatians 5.22, we've looked at this before. It says, uh, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Verse 24, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have, here it is, crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And then if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Keep in step. I love that we had a couple baby dedications up here. Because um, this is a visual reminder. I was talking to Rosemary last night as I was kind of talking through my sermon with her a little bit as we were laying down to sleep and um, thinking about how with our, our crew, so often we're going, we're walking somewhere, and we're like, wait, stop, slow down. You're going too far. You wait right there, young man. Slow down, stop, right? This is parenting 101. You're welcome. That's one of the things you want to do. Uh, so far, we have uh, four of four alive children. So 100% survival uh, so far. Um, think about that spiritually, right? Keep in step 
with the Spirit. How often have you gotten out in front of the Spirit? You didn't wait, and you hear the Spirit saying, slow down. So let's do that right now. Let's pray. Father, in this space, I'll take a moment to wait on you. We pray that you will calm our hearts. pray you captivate our minds on you, that there would be this moment of just saying, Behold how good and how beautiful you are. Your word is. It's sweet. I want to take a moment to lay everything else aside and to focus on you because I know you have my best at heart. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's start by defining patience, shall we? I want to do it not from the Webster's Dictionary this time, but I just want to look at it from the New Testament. There's two different... uh, uh, Greek words that are used in the New Testament for patience. And the first one is uh, hupomone. And I'm not a Greek scholar, so I, that could be the wrong way to pronounce it. But um, that word, uh, hupomone, uh, means a remaining under. Remain. Does that word sound familiar? Remain, right? Because we want to abide in Jesus. That's how we bear fruit. So remain under. Now, the, the thing about abiding and patience is it's kind of a catch-22. Do you see that? Well, how, how, are you, how do you bear fruit uh, of patience? Well, what is the fruit of patience? Well, it's to remain under. How do you abide it? Uh, how do you get the fruit of patience? Well, you remain under. Well, shoot. Uh, to get it, I, I abide, and I, when I get it, I abide. So it's, it's interesting, right? What we're saying is that, that we lean into our lack, but we lean into Jesus. So you, you would say, many people would say of themselves, I'm just not a patient person. Well, welcome to the human race. Now let's do what we all need to do and let's abide. Um, and then second uh, Greek word is macrothumia. And it's a compound word. And we see that in Galatians 5.22 that we just looked at. The first one is macros. Macros means long. Macros. And thumos means temper. Long temper. And King James translates it this way, long suffering. So right here, we see an immediate direct correlation between patience and, as I read it, anger. Right? And, and what's cool about this is because you, you all know, when, whenever you're saying, I am really losing my patience, what are you also saying? I'm getting really angry, right? And there, because there's a direct correlation between the two. And um, I, I just want to show this picture, uh, a scale, if you will, um, of one to 10. Uh, some of you, maybe if we're going to be real, I like that Tony said we just want to be real today. Some of you maybe walked in Maybe, maybe parents, because this is, you know, or maybe if you're married, you know, maybe you, maybe, maybe you walked in at a one, right? You're, you, you already lost your cool, and it looks like that, right? And maybe, you know, best case scenario, you're a 10 on the patience scale. Maybe you might even look at yourself and say, you know, generally speaking, I'm a pretty patient person. Just, let's just do this. This will be fun. How many of you would say, um, generally speaking, I'm a patient person? I, people have said I'm a patient person. Anybody? Look around the room. Okay. My hand is up because I've had that said of me as well. All right. I'm a patient person. Um, but how many of you that, that raised up your hand also know what it's like to lose that cool? 
right? That's because somebody made you, you know, impatient. But here's the truth. The truth is, and we'll get to this in a minute, that nobody can make you impatient. Um, And we'll get to that in a second. But patience is actually part of God's character, and he can't be made something he isn't. He is patient. He is patient. So um, he kind of introduces himself to the human race through a prophet named Moses, right? There's a burning bush, and he is um, introducing himself to this man, and he's like, who are you? And God says, I am. And then, now, this is cool. In this verse, in, in chapter 34, verse 6, it says, the Lord passed before him, that's Moses, and he proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. And this, this description of God is something that's repeated over and over again throughout the Old Testament. A God who is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. You want to know something interesting? I found out this year, it's the first time I heard this, I thought it was pretty cool. So for those of you who like history buffs, you like languages, your linguistics, you'll find this interesting. For everyone else, hang up, hang tight for a second, okay? Um, I learned this year that, th- that there's a colloquialism used in Hebrew um, for an angry person. And so this doesn't show up in your translation, but this is how they would have said it. His nose burned hot. That's how they would have said it. Oh, his nose burned hot, which meant he was angry. You know, her nose burned hot, which meant she was angry, which is an interesting thing. We, that's why we wouldn't say it in English, because that would be weird. But so, so of this, the way that this was said in uh, ancient Hebrew, for God, it was said that he was long or is long of nose. Slow to anger means would have been said he is long of nose. And, and I, I think about that and I say, well, uh, how about like smushed of nose? Can I be, can I be smushed of nose? Because I, I was telling Rosemary like a few weeks ago, I was like, babe, have you, have you seen how big my nose is? My nose, I have a big nose. And she's like, um, that's been for a long time, dear. <laughs> I just noticed, holy cow, what a schnoz. All right, so... Long of nose uh, means um, that, that there's a long temper with God. He is slow and patient and waiting for people to repent. But we were born impatient. Now, somebody didn't need to make you impatient. When Waylon and John appear, when they were born, they were born saying, now, me, mine, now, right? Nobody didn't need to teach them that. Amen? Parents, right? You see that pretty quick? Nobody, we were born impatient. And, and so uh, the, the, the truth is when we come up against our moments where we lost our patience, we would justify ourselves. This is what I've done. Um, by saying, well, I was tired, right? What else? Um, I mean, I was, I was hungry, right? I was angry. All right, so whatever the thing, the justification is, remember, those things don't make you impatient. They just reveal. They just reveal your impatience because you were able to cover it up earlier through politeness. But now it's showed up. 
<laughs> but since patience is part of God's character, a person that is abiding in Christ can be patient. They can endure suffering without complaining. They can be slow to anger, waiting for God to provide that vengeance or, or, or that punishment for wrongdoing. And as the Spirit of, produces that patience in us, we become more Christ-like to Tony's mini-sermon earlier. So really what this sermon is is a mini-practical how to become more like Jesus. You know, how to. You don't have to feel condemnation today if you didn't come in like Jesus because we're just going to how-to together, all right? So in it, and it comes through abiding. Look at 2 Thessalonians 3.5. It says, May the Lord lead your hearts into a full understanding and expression of the love of God and the patient endurance that comes from Christ. And the New King James puts it this way, the patience of Christ. Remember, this is something we said in the previous weeks. It's his fruit. Whose fruit? His fruit. It's not my fruit. It might be growing on me, but it's not my fruit, right? So somebody says, you're patient. You're, you're such a patient person. Say, well, thank you and thank you, God. That is his fruit, not mine, right? So we want to abide. And so what is this verse telling us to do? To abide means to lean into, to direct our hearts into the love of God. It's developing a deeper and deeper understanding and expression of the love of God. What kind of love? A love that is patient with sinners. Look at Romans 2, 4. Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? So I'm going to see where we're going to go here. We're going to look at three areas where we really need the fruit of patience. And they are this. Struggling, number one, struggling with, when I'm struggling with irritated, irritating or frustrating people or circumstances. No, nobody has had that, right? I mean, you, you, that's not something you struggle with? No, just uh, 24-7. All right, so uh, when you're struggling with, uh, you need that fruit of patience with irritating people and circumstances. When you're struggling with barrenness, uh, well, let's talk about that in a second, or when you're struggling with God's perfect sovereign plan and his timing. This is gonna be good, y'all. Get ready, you're listening online here. Here's my encouragement, set everything else down. Quit multitasking and pay attention because this is a word for you today. This will bless your life and it will bless your future. It will be freedom for you. Mm. Okay, so Jesus told a story in Matthew chapter 18 about a servant who owed money. Uh, the context here is that Jesus had given specific instructions to uh, his disciples on how to deal with offenses and sins in the church. Matthew chapter 18. And he said, go privately if there's an offense or sin just the two of you. If that doesn't work out, they're still not listening. Go take someone with you, a couple people with you, and then see if you can't be reconciled. If that doesn't work, go meet with some elders of the church, and let's see if we can't work this through as a body, because we need, the body needs each other. Try again. Um, and so uh, in that context, he gives this verse on binding and loosing. He says, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So here's the context of this. It is the power, because that verse is on power. A lot of times Christian use, Christians use that in like a spiritual warfare, warfare sense. 
But the truth is, the context of this is about the power of forgiveness, the power of patience with other people. That's the actual context of this. Go, go read it. And in that context, Peter says, um, he comes up to Jesus and he says, so um, interesting, interesting. I like that. That was interesting, Jesus. Okay, I get it. But quick question though, how many times should we practice that though, right? Like seven, seven times, right? And Jesus was like, uh, bruh, like 70 times seven. And immediately he saw all of the disciples' faces. He got this like deer in the headlights moment, which he probably got a lot with the disciples. And they were kind of like not getting it. And that's how he tells this story. And I'm going to pick it up, but in, in verse 28, if you want to turn there. But the, it's the parable of the servant who was in debt. And the story goes like this. There was a man who once owed, let's call it 10,000 bags of gold. Um, this was this mounting debt. And oh, by the way, he owed it to the king. So the king orders him dragged in. His family are dragged in, wife and kids. And he says, uh, you haven't paid. And uh, time is up. Uh, guards, I want you to take him, his wife, and his kids. They're all going to be sold into slavery to pay the debt. The man is instantly terrified, and he starts begging and pleading with the king for mercy. Please, O oh king. And the king, surprise, twist ending, has mercy. He takes pity on him, and he says, uh, I have no idea why I'm doing this. Guards, forget it. Uh, servant, your debt's forgiven. That's it. We're square. Uh, go ahead. The guy's blown away. He's like, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And he's backing out. I'll never forget you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Scripture says Jesus in the story, Jesus loves to use like little interesting twist hooks. And he's a great storyteller. And he's like, on his way out of the palace, he sees a guy who owed like a hundred silver coins to him. And he grabs the guy around the neck and he starts choking him. And he's like, pay me what you owe you stupid jerk. And he asks, he gets ready to take him and asks to take him and puts him into slavery. You can read what happens next and how the king responded when he heard about what happened. You can read about that. That's interesting. But Jesus tells the story, the context of the story is actually about forgiveness and patience. Because the king had waited and he was patient with him. But this guy, he walks out and has how much patience? Zero. He got zero patience. Not like, hey, by the way, you owe me that hundred. So can we, uh, can we look at that? Can we square up counts? I just got in big trouble with the king. What can we do about that? He's like, I need that hundo right now, son, or you are done. Um, so... Here's the encouragement in the context of this passage as I read it, in context with other, others that Jesus said, is, is the fruit of patience, instead of letting anger lead, the fruit of patience looks at others when it's irritated, and it sees them in their state of being sanctified, and it remembers what it was like when they were in debt. It remembers what it was like when they were still afar off when they were still getting it together. And here's the truth, if we're going to be really honest, none of us have it together. But in those moments when we, hear the, we feel the irritation rising up and we feel that, we just think we have it together, right? 
And so what this story does is it is an instant thought check and heart check. It's like, check yourself, son. See where you're really at. Can you remember the debt that you owe to mankind, to others, and to me? So here's my encouragement to you. It comes from Ephesians 4, verse 1 and 2. It says, walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. We'll look at that in a moment again, that encouragement to, to humble ourselves. But here's, here's you want to write this down. I, I tell you, this is good. The Holy Spirit gave it to me. I think it's really great. I read it down for myself. Those keeping in step with the Spirit don't let anger lead. Those keeping in step with the Spirit don't let anger lead. James 1, 19 through 25 from the message says, post this at all the intersections, dear friends. Lead with your ears, follow up with your tongue, and let anger struggle along in the rear. God's righteousness doesn't grow from human anger, so throw all spoiled virtue and cancerous evil in the garbage. In simple humility, let our gardener, God, landscape you with the word, making a salvation garden of your life. Don't fool yourself into thinking that you're a listener when you are anything but. Letting the word go in one ear and out the other. Act on what you hear. Those who hear and don't act are like those who glance in the mirror, walk away, and two minutes later have no idea who they are, what they look like. And I would stop right there. And I would say, and then they encounter someone who irritates them. Verse 25, but whoever catches a glimpse of the revealed counsel of God, the free life, even out of the corner of his eye and sticks with it, is no distracted scatterbrain, but a man or woman of action, that person will find delight. Everybody say delight. It's what abiding is about. It's not about condemnation. It's not about you not being there yet, it's about finding delight and affirmation in the action. What action? The action of abiding. The action of letting our landscaper landscape the salvation garden, the sanctification garden of our life. Y'all, this is some good word today. This is the power of abiding. Abiding challenges the false idols of our hearts, including the false idol of our own righteousness. We think we have it together. We think we're so much better than our spouse, our kids, our coworkers, our church leaders. Hello. And then we remember who we are. That's the power of abiding. I want to I say it this way. When, when we remember who God is and we remember who we are apart from him, the fruit of patience, here's what it does. It says, whoa there, let's pause and let's remember. And that sets you free. That pause sets you free. Does anybody need to get set free today? Because I got the word for you for your freedom today. The pause is critical to the freedom. You got to pause. Pause and then watch what God will do. It's not what you do, it's what God will do when you pause. But here's the opposite. Here's what the opposite of abiding looks like. It's where you rehearse the wrong. I'm not just going to say me because I'm the, I'm the one who's, I, I'm, this is my story I'm going to tell you. 
I rehearse the wrong over and over again. While I'm at work, I rehearse it over and over again. But when so-and-so did, and I get more and more worked up, and I want them to get it. I want them to get what they did to me. To me, the audacity, the great John Mark, right? My, that's what my heart says, right? And the audacity, and what happens is the chains of anxiety and anger start to wrap around my heart. You been there? And they start to wrap around tighter and tighter, and there's an oppressive weight that begins to settle. I saw this on one of my coworkers at work this week, and I saw her we were getting ready to go to a shoot, a video shoot. And I, I saw her, she's walking, and I just saw her go, and I could see the weight. I know it was all over. I was like, hey, you okay? And then she started telling me unload and what was going on. And her mom had said this and yada, yada, yada. And it's like, okay, let's take a moment. Let's pause. And I got to take a moment and I got to pause. Because if, if not, that oppressive weight, it's so destructive. And there was, um, here's what it does in my life, all right? That oppressive weight causes me to do one of two things. I mean, I either become a volcano and I explode with that immense pressure or I implode. And I've done it both ways. Anybody else? And, you know, you explode and all of a sudden it's a word vomit and everyone else around is getting spewed or it's implode and I just shut down all lines of communication and I fall into myself and my whole of a shell of a person. And we saw a visual, maybe it's too soon, but I think it's a great illustration. Um, the Lord bless those families who are hurting. But the Titan sub, you see that? News about that? And the immense weight, it couldn't handle it. And, and, and it became wreckage under that weight. And this is what it's like to live in impatience. This is what it does to you. And the wreckage will not only wreck you, but your family and others who love you, it will wreck you. Um, uh, uh, man, this is so good. I hope you're writing some of this down. But impatience is a descent into destruction. That's why the Lord gave me. It's a descent into destruction. But the fruit of patience, write this down too, the fruit of patience helps keep you free from bondage. You want to get free. We got a freedom conference that's coming up. Check your email on that. It's coming up in September. Sign up for that. But this is what it's like. It's abiding. Um, it, it, remember what Matthew chapter 18, what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 18, whatever you bind on earth. So chains of agitation, Whenever we loose it on earth, be loose in heaven, let's loose the chains of agitation, the chains of impatience, the chains of anger, the chains, the desire for revenge, discouragement. Let's let all that get broken in the name of Jesus by the fruit, the power of the fruit of the Spirit. You still with me today? Remember, patience is his fruit. It's the Holy Spirit. Because God is patient, I can walk in his patience today. I'm going to skip uh, here because uh, of time, but... Uh, remember that uh, patience um, is something that happens through abiding. Look at this uh, second uh, picture that I made up for you, the abiding exercise. I just wanted to make this super practical for you. But here's, here's messed up me over here in the left. I don't know why I look like a turtle, but it's just how I uh, did it. So, um, so uh, losing my cool over there, and what do I do? Do I beat myself up? you worthless, you're supposed to be patient. You're supposed to be more patient than this. No, here's what I do. Everybody say it with me. What's the first thing I do? Pause. Say it again. You pause. What does that look like? That pause is an invitation to the, to the 
a God of the universe. You pause and you just wait. I told my, my uh, director, I, I talked about this a few weeks ago, she had a moment like, she, John Mark, can you, I know this is kind of weird, but can you pray for me? And I said, uh, yeah, but also I want you to pray for yourself. Why don't you go off camera? Um, go off camera. She's meeting, virtual meetings. All my work is work from home, uh, virtual stuff. Why don't you go off camera, just excuse yourself and a pause and take a moment and pray. Can you pause in your schedule with your kids, with your coworkers? Can you find a way to excuse yourself and say, I, I need just a moment, please. Hold on. Pause. And then ask Jesus, why am I feeling this way? Where is this anger coming from? I don't even understand. Especially men, you get this. We have no clue what's going on in our own heads or hearts, right? Girls, I feel like my wife has a much better handle on that. I got no clue what I'm, why am I feeling that way? I need Jesus. Jesus, help me. Where is this coming from? You ask Jesus, and then, this is important, you surrender. You lay it down. And here's what's happening. You're moving on that scale. You're moving from a one to a four to a five to a six. And you sense something just happened in my headspace and in my heart space. Let's see, what was I upset about again? What did they do again? I'm sure, it was something. Oh, yeah. Well, they're probably really hurting right now. And I'll tell you what's really cool is when all of a sudden you just start praying for them. Oh, man, Lord, I just pray that you bless them. Lord, I pray that you would, you would bless them, give them a great day today. And here's what happens in your heart. You become free. And it's priceless. And all of the stuff you wish they would have got doesn't matter. Now, look, I am only talking out of uh, experience on this because this has been a journey for me. And man, that song, oh man, I'm going to lose it. Talk on it. Rain came, wind blew. Man, we've had some storms. And I need the fruit of patience. With irritating people and irritating circumstances, quickly, we need patience in barrenness. And I just want to say quickly about this because of time. Barrenness, by that I mean Things aren't the way that you thought they'd be. The promise isn't present. And sometimes you got to look and say, well, where did the promise come from? Maybe it's a promise that came because of culture, you know? Maybe it's a false promise from the world or from your parents or whatever else, and God didn't give you that promise, and you're, you're waiting for something that wasn't from God. But also, there are things that God's promised that just haven't come through yet. And we look at, um, for example, illustrations of that throughout the Old Testament are women who were childless. And we see the brokenness in their own lives, the pain. And I want to say this quickly because I feel like the Spirit told me to do this earlier. If you are in this place, not just symbolically, but physically today, infertility is not a punishment. So if you're listening or you're here and, and you're infertile, I want you to know that that's not a punishment. It's also not necessarily a life sentence. I want you to pray and ask God, because we have seen miracles.
from God in this area. But I just want to say that that can also be symbolic in your life. And I won't take more time than that. But when you're in this place of it could just be boredom. It's the same thing day after day after day. It's not what you thought you'd be. In this place of barrenness, I want you to remember, and this is the way God gave it to me. And I hope that the, the, the Spirit will work on you. But you don't have a future savior in Jesus. You have a right now savior. But what we do in our culture is we develop future saviors. Well, as soon as I, I have a spouse, then I'll be right. No, as soon as I have a career, that'll be my savior. Then I'll be right. But here, listen, future saviors will always leave you dissatisfied. You need a right now savior, and that's Jesus. He's right now, and he's all you need. Tony talked about it earlier, so I'm just gonna let that word stand. But it's so true. You don't need a future savior. You need a right now savior, and that's Jesus. And he has for you what you need. Shift your mindset to Jesus. Look to him. Don't look on your circumstances. So I'm going to say it this way. Earlier we said those keeping in step with the Spirit don't let anger lead. Those keeping in step with the Spirit don't let dissatisfaction lead. We need the fruit of the Spirit when we're struggling with um, irritating people and circumstances. We need the fruit of the Spirit, patience, um, when we're struggling with barrenness. And finally, we need the fruit of the Spirit, patience, when we're struggling with God's plan and sovereignty. And this was a big one for me a few years ago. And uh, uh, what is patience? I will say that impatience, impatience is a child of our pride and our unbelief. It's something that we're all born with as children of Adam. And it came out of sin. And it came because of the father of lies, Lucifer, Satan. He was the first one with this sin who had this pride and this unbelief, which led to his impatience. And he wanted to take over and take control, which is the great battle of the ages, which has been waging from before time. And will conclude when Jesus is king of all kings and Lord of all lords and all time is no more. It rises out of our frustration that Autumn talked about last week, our frustration when we aren't in control. But here's Jerry Bridges says this way, the cure for impatience with the fulfillment of God's timetable is to believe his promises, obey his will, and leave the results to him. Now I will say, I believe it. And I believed that when I was struggling with God and his timetable with God. And I knew that he was faithful. And I knew that, that he could. I just... I, I remember Rosemary asking me, do you believe that he can, not just can, but do you believe he wants to for you? Remember, honey, I remember I said, I don't know. I don't know. So here's what I'm, here's what I'm going to give to you out of my pain. I'm going to give to you when, and then this will be it, okay? Quickly. Um, Let's read it. Let's read it from 1 Peter 5, 5. It says, Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another, for God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. This is step one. Here's in, in abiding. Step one in abiding is, is humbling yourself before God. When you're abiding, it, it humbles you. It strengthens your faith and it results in joy. One more verse, Colossians 1.11, which really fleshes this out. Um, may you be strengthened. Everybody say strengthened. 
okay? May you be, I want you to be strengthened when you walk out of here today. Friends, this is from the word of God for you. I want you to be strengthened. This is, may you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. So when you're struggling with doubt, this is a verse that you can stand on because when you're struggling with doubt, you need some strength because that doubt is strong, son. It can work against all of your history and all the things you know about God. It can all of a sudden undermine all of it in a moment. In a moment, you saw the the Israelites, they were just set free from slavery. God literally parted the Red Sea in front of them. They walk on the other side and within like moments, they start entering into a season of doubt. And they don't like that things aren't in their control. And they, they say, well, we remember that at least we had control over what we ate. We were in slavery, but at least we got to choose what we got to taste. And so the, the, that's the power of impatience. But here when we abide, what happens is we remember who we are. We remember how weak we are. And then we have the, the, this strength that comes in that overrides all of the doubt and the work of the enemy in our life. It's powerful. That strength, and that's the right word, you guys, strength. Patience is not weakness. It might seem like it when you're waiting, but patience is the opposite. Now, we if you even take a moment to look outside of even the church world, Bruce Lee, for crying out loud, said patience is the, uh, what do you say? Patience is not passive. On the contrary, it is concentrated strength. Patience. This is the inventor of the one-inch punch. Remember the one-inch punch? He could go like this, flex, and somebody go flying back like five feet. That's what he had to say about patience. So I, I think it, it, it's true because the Bible talks about it too. Um, and, and so there is this immense, this immense strength that comes from abiding in Christ. Everybody say abiding. And we need it. And let me say it this way. Impatience is weak because here's what it needs. It needs these external supports to be okay. These external supports of circumstances going my way. These external supports of people saying things the way I want them to say them and the way I want them to say them and to do the things I want them to do and the timing that I want them to do it. And now I feel strong because they did what I, they wanted me, what I wanted them to do. And now I'm angry and I'm so frustrated and I'm losing my stuff. Why? Because I'm weak. Because I got no support and no strength and I lose it. I'm losing it. If you're losing it, it's time to gain it. No, not, I'm not talking about gaining your composure. Forget about that. Let politeness go out the window. All of the, the that stuff, we're not talking about good manners here. No. We're not talking about propriety. We're not talking about good behavior. We are talking about leaning into the very presence of the spirit of the living God. And all of that losing it is just a sign. A sign that it's time to pray. That's all you need to do, man. Would you pause? Would you abort and abide? Pause and pray. Stop and submit. I hope this is I hope this hits you like it hits me. Here's my concluding thing today. 
reminder, impatience is a descent into destruction, but there is power and freedom in abiding. Patience is whose fruit? His fruit. So let's keep in step with the Spirit. Don't let anger lead, y'all. Pause, pray, ask, and submit. Don't let dissatisfaction lead. Lean into the most satisfying, fulfilling relationship you'll ever have in your life. It's the best thing that you'll ever do is to lead into him. Lean into him. And don't let doubt lead, but let the spirit lead. Everybody say amen. If doubt's attacking you, humble yourself before God. It's time to abide and then strengthen your faith. Rehearse. Instead of rehearsing what someone else did to you, rehearse what God has done for you. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. And that's where we lead. That's where we're done today. Um, as, uh, as you come on up, we'll, we'll sing one final song together. Um, joy. Would you stand up with me? Joy. Joy. If you're a follower of Christ and you are struggling with lack of joy in your life right now, I'll tell you, it's on the other side of patience. That fruit of the Spirit comes through abiding. If you're struggling with dissatisfaction, if you're struggling with anger, if you're struggling, it's a sign of a time to abide. And I want to ask this question for all my fellow believers here in the house today. Are you ready? Like Tony said earlier, are you ready for a change? Hey, why not do it now? Why not make a decision right now? My house will be built on you. And you know what? You build that house every day. Every day, you build a new wall, a new structure, a new beam goes up. Every day, you abide. Think about the term abiding. You, 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 you abide is where you, what, live. Where's your house? Jesus said that there's a wise man and a foolish man, but the wise man built his house on the rock. The foolish man built his house on the sand. If you're building your house on church, wrong foundation. If you're building your house on religion, wrong foundation. If you're building your house on your career or finances, wrong foundation. If you're building your house on your family, wrong foundation, because all of those things are shifting sand. But listen, if you build your house on Jesus, then all the things we just mentioned are blessed. Thanks again for listening to this message at Rivers Church. We'd love to have you subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. To learn more about what's going on in the life of our church community, check us out at riverschurch.co. I pray that this week you would walk in the power and the presence of God. Thanks for joining us.